That's right. Uh, the second best team in the country is here oh, to stay. Oh. We're back. Ah! Michigan is back, folks. Oh my goodness. That Are is you right. Kidding me. Yeah. Um electricity. Yeah. I it, it was one of the best days of my life. And Bless I don't say I don't go. say I don't say that lightly either. Mm-mm. I mean it. Mm-mm. He means it, folks. Oh my god. Michigan is back, folks. To he means do, it. To do that. Unbelievable. To that stupid team down south. Mm. <gasps> oh my lord. That felt awesome. Yeah. Oh, uh, oh yeah. But you know what? Let's just get into it. We're doing yeah. college first, obviously. obviously. This is going to be longer because obviously we're Michigan men. Come on. Yeah, we are Michigan Come men. On. You start. Me start. Yeah. I got to do two in a row, but go ahead. Well, what about me? I have two in a row too. Oh, shit. I have two about Michigan as well. <sighs> oh, Okay, you do your one and I get to do my two in a row. Ready? Go. Wait, why is... I don't know. Just go. That's kind of mean. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, oh. Jim Harbaugh, you are my dad. Uh, I know. I know. I, I've I've been hard on Jimmy. Mm. I've been extremely hard. And for for very good reasons. He has... He had uh, fallen short of expectations in his first seven seasons or six seasons. Uh, and it... You know, it left me hurting. It left me hurting inside. Yep. But not anymore. You want to know why? Why? Because he took it to Ohio State. He had his boys ready Boom. to play. <laughs> Masterclass coaching by Jim Harbaugh, and he did, he did it. I Listen, Jim Harbaugh's done it. He has climbed the mountain, and mm. I think this is a turning point for for Michigan football. I think it is. I love that. I am so excited for where we're going in the future. And then slash Fox sucks at football broadcasts. It was one of the worst broadcasts oh, I've ever oh, watched. Oh, my God. Um, Terrible. It I, always is. It was just bad. It was just bad. It really Give was. Give us more angles. Goodness. They never re- they never show any replays of yeah. anything. Forget it if it's a crucial down. Yeah. Forget it. Let's have 85 commercials. Yeah. Uh, I, I just, I don't know if I can watch Fox broadcasts. It's... And you know what's it's it's the worst because the announcers do such a good job, yes. but the broadcast itself is unbearable. It really is, and I hate to say that, but that's the truth of the matter. Yeah, and, and I like Fox because I like the broadcast teams. I'm one. I'm a people. I'm a guy. I'm a Joe Buck guy. I'm one of like the two, two Joe Buck guys or three, I guess, if you consider all the PMT. Um, I love Joe Buck, and I love Fox in general. Maybe because I'm a baseball guy, but. Um, so yeah, I love Fox teams, but in general, the broadcasting and the production of it is terrible. It is. It's it's because you know you watch Fox at, at twelve. You watch the big noon mm. kick, and then you go and watch CBS. Yep. And CBS is perfect. The, the broadcast is amazing. Yep. They have it down to a science. And then at the end of the night, you watch uh, ABC. You watch Bedlam and. Yeah, it was great again. Yeah. It's like Fox is so far behind mm. every other broadcaster; it's not even close. Yep. And you know what? You know what? It's just Fox because on FS1, it's fine. Yeah, and I don't know. I don't get what it is. Well, I'll tell you this too: they, they there's a reason why they're doing these twelve, four, eight kicks now because they realize if we load up with commercials, we can make this game three hours forty five minutes, yep. and if it's a big game, people are going to watch it. Yep, and then. You know, the, 
instead of doing like a 330 kick for the Minnesota-Wisconsin game, they did four. And they've been doing this all year, folks, by the way. Don't forget about that. And they could, they can't, the, re, the reason why they're doing a four is because they can't. Because these games are lasting three hours, 45 minutes. Yep. Because they're loading them up with commercials. Every single time a coach calls a timeout, commercial break. Yep. Every single time a player gets a you know, shoelace untied, <laughs> go to a commercial. It's like, geez, Louise. And and not only that, it was supposed to be a 12 o'clock kick. I don't think it actually kicked until oh, no. like 12, 15, it kicked, 12, 20. Yeah, it kicked at 12, 15. It, it was at 12, unbelievable. 15 12, it's like if you're a 12 o'clock kick, you kick at 12. 12. You got other games I was, behind you. I was looking at the ESPN app, and it's like, jeez. I was scrolling through, and there was like eight games already started in the 12 o'clock window, and meanwhile, I'm waiting for Michigan and Ohio State to kick off. Just ridiculous. <laughs> it was stupid. Um, I was. Should I, th- I just do my second one? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, Aiden Hutchinson for Heisman, and he's the number one player in the draft. Uh, yeah. As Alliance fans, give me Aiden Hutchinson mm. number one overall. Listen, Kayvon Thibodeau might be uh, an athletic freak and a once-in-a-generational uh, talent. He can't stay healthy, one. And two, he just hasn't shown it on the film the way Aiden Hutchinson has. Mm. And I fully believe that Aiden Hutchinson is the new generational talent of this class. He is unbelievably I don't know good. If I've ever heard that saying? New generational talent. <laughs> I know, right? I, I just made it one. Uh, he is unbelievably gifted. He his work ethic is through the roof, and he shows it on film. He destroyed a first round tackle the mm. entire game. I'll say this. I'm going to kind of disagree with this take, and I'll tell you exactly why. He's my new number one. He's my Heisman. My number one Heisman guy, Aiden Hutchinson. I don't think he's a generational talent. I just think he's an absolute gamer, and I think he works his tail off. I think that's it. I think he's well coached. I think he's disciplined. He's also 6'6", 245. All right, he is a bit of an athletic freak, too, (laughs) and there's a little bit of that to it. But listen, does he work his tail off? Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't know if you find a guy that works harder than he does. Mm -mm. Mm-mm. And, you know, uh, that's what they say. Great teams are great when their best players are the hardest working players. And you're seeing this on this Michigan thing, Michigan team. Best players are Aiden Hutchinson and Hassan Haskins. Both those guys work the hardest of anybody on that team. I know it's funny. Mm. When Blake Corm and Hassan Haskins were both healthy, I would have said Blake Corm. Mm. Isn't that crazy? Blake Corm. Man, he is—he's uh, still a great runner. He probably ran for like eighty yards against Ohio yeah, he State. Had that, he had that long run, huge run, forty-ish yards. His ankle's still bothering him. It's pretty obvious, yeah. but I mean, he is so uber if talented. Get, if we can get it, if now this is a big if, if we if we beat Iowa, get to the college football playoff, if we can get Blake Corum back. Mm, fully healthy. Holy shit. Could you imagine that running attack with Donovan Edwards, who's up and coming too, and he looks like, oh man, he looks like just as good as, you know, yep. at least Blake Corm. maybe not Hassan Haskins because he is like the guy, but geez, they got three fantastic runners. They've always had three great runners, but they're using them perfectly. I always feel like whenever they put a guy in, I'm like, yeah, this is the right time to use him. Yep. Put Ohio State off balance. It was a perfect game, perfect day. Now let me say this. And I thought a ton about what I was going to say. This is an important moment for me, and I feel like this is an important for our uh, important moment for our show. I thought I could come on and do what everyone thought I was going to say and come on and say, I told you so. I was right. But nobody wants to hear that. And you, they don't. And you told me before we started, you're like, you need to say Michigan is back. It can't be it me. It can't be me. It can't be me. You. Um... So I just want to say this. It's a little inspirational. If you can morally and justifiably and logically, you know, um, support your hot takes, do not back down. Um, I picked Michigan. I said throughout the year Michigan was the second best team in the country. They were going to beat Ohio State. 
and I was ridiculed and laughed at endlessly by Ohio State fans, by even my best friend, Rice Benson, who said, just wait for Michigan. And I said, I'm confident. I am confident in this team, and I am willing to bet my reputation on it. And listen, folks, I have never made a better career decision in my life than stay on this Michigan boat. I found a way to logically justify it. I said they were a good matchup for him, and man alive am I happy I... Stayed on the ship, you know? Sink with the ship, folks. I could have hopped off after the Michigan State loss. I could have said, okay, I was wrong. I hung on, and man alive, am I glad I did it. It was very important I did, and I think that's a lesson to learn from this. You know, it's not, oh, because listen, I could have been wrong. I could have. I could have just as easily been wrong, but I'm glad I stuck on the ship, and I'm glad I went down with my guys and my team. Um, That's the important thing. I, I just have to say that. Quick thing. Don't actually go down with your ship every single time. Go down um, with your ship every single time, folks. How'd that do uh, with me and UTSA? Also, you and Fresno State. And you in Texas. Uh, you know what? I'm glad I did those things. I absolutely Why? Why? What, what good? When you're right, it's amazing. But what, because, good, what good does it do you when you're wrong? Listen, if huh? I knew I was going to be wrong, I would have, you know, been early on it a different direction. I'm sorry. but UTSA just hurt my heart. But... This was the right thing, and uh, it's so awesome when it ends like this and you just get to be like, hey, you know, Ohio State people, like, yeah, yeah, I'm your daddy. I am this guy. And a more important thing is this. This is my second takeaway, just going back to back here. Um, I didn't bet on Michigan. I bet on Jimmy H, and um, I was only – on the right side of this issue because Jimmy H was right. I took a big bet on Jimmy H who took a big bet on a big idea. Jimmy H's big idea was this. If we can win the battle of the trenches up front on both sides of the ball, we can beat Ohio state. And he got a group of guys that bought into the system and bought in to the big idea. If we can win the battle of the trenches, we can beat Ohio state. And guess what happened? They did it. Jimmy H was right. I was right for believing in Jimmy H. That's all that happened. Give Jimmy H all the credit in the world. He's the guy that deserves the most credit. Because his big idea, if we can win the Battle of the Trenches, if we can get a group of guys that buys into the system, we can win this game. And it turned out he was right all along. Jimmy H. This is a, this is a major turning point Boom. in uh, Michigan fr- uh, football program. Uh, in its and its long tenured history, absolutely. Uh, Dan Dierdorf and Jim Brandstatter, who were offensive linemen on the uh, Michigan uh, nineteen sixty nine team, uh, compared this moment to that moment. And if you remember, this is a long, long, uh, long, long time ago. Sixty nine was the real turning point. The Ohio State had, had been pretty dominant dominant the past uh, decade, decade and a half. 69, Michigan wins, and then they go on a, a, a dominant run mm. into the 70s and 80s. So, hey. Just saying. Listen, I'm throwing it out there right now. Shoot my shot. The 20s are Michigan. We're mm. going to win the 20s matchup against Ohio State 6-3. to Wow. There it is, folks. There it is. Boom. Boom. Boom, 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 boom. Um, yeah, it was just awesome. It was. It was. It's tough to wrap it up. It is. It's <laughs> tough to wrap up the Michigan 
portion of this show. I don't want to. Because it's such a big part of the weekend. Just felt huge. That game felt huge. And as bad as Fox was, the snow, the, yep. the you know, everything. The atmosphere. The atmosphere. The fans. They did set that up well. Holy shit. I mean, holy cow. Maybe the extra 20 minutes that they spent building up that game made it feel like the, you know, the biggest uh, game the in the world. The crowd was... Usually, usually Michigan or the big houses has got too many Ohio State fans. Not this year. There was mm. there was about a ninety ten split. Where yeah. in, in in regular years, it's about sixty forty. Yeah, and you heard it. Holy mm. hell, did you hear it? A lot it was of false loud. starts. I'll tell you it that much. Was loud. Oh, it was awesome. It was. And then the, the the storming of the field after the game was unbelievable. It was crazy. I, it, by the end of the the storming, um, you couldn't see a single. Piece of the field, yeah, hundred thousand people, hundred and eleven, oh, hundred and eleven. The peep showed out. They did. My third takeaway is: I'm a man. I'm forty. We should have made that a sound. We should have. I, where are we gonna put it? <laughs> I have no idea. And uh, Mike Gundy, baby. Yeah, Mike Gundy is. I I I don't know. He's a legend in Oklahoma mm. State f- football. There are. There's one other guy, Barry Sanders, that is probably maybe Des Bryant, maybe Des Bryant. Yeah, Des Bryant's huge there. Two guys, two guys. Uh, no, that's press your, the button. That's okay. your thing. Yeah. How about them Cowboys? Yeah! Oh my God, was this one of the? Uh, mm. Listen, Michigan beat Ohio State. I was thrilled. Yeah. Guess what? Another team that struggled against their rival in recent memory. Oklahoma State got it done. Got it done against Oklahoma. And that was a game they normally lose. Yeah. They had stupid boneheaded play. They dominated that game, but stupid plays kept Oklahoma. And it actually hadn't had them up 11. But Oklahoma State, Spencer Sanders, Mike Gundy, that defense found a way to get it done. Mm. And guess what? Warms your heart. Oklahoma State's going to beat Baylor this weekend. And they're going to the college football playoff. That's right. Wow. Cowboys to the college football playoff. I am manifesting that right now. I love it. Oh, this is, and I'm sure I'm sure you have it on your on your on your takes, on your takeaways. But this just goes to show you what you can build if you stay. Yeah. If you don't leave for a better job, Oklahoma State's not the best co- football coaching job. Mike Gundy's a great football coach. He could have gone and many other yeah. higher tier programs. He Absolutely. chose to stay at Oklahoma State, and guess what? He's going to have a college football playoff appearance, and guess what? Guess guess what? He's going to be the legend. Florida, Florida doesn't have that. Mm-mm. USC, USC doesn't have that. Nope. But Oklahoma State will. Mm. Boom. That, that that would be huge, and he would be the guy at Oklahoma State. And there's something to be said about that. You know, there really is. Um, my third takeaway. I have no problem with Lincoln Riley leaving Oklahoma. And this is kind of a bold one, but I feel like there's kind of a negative connotation surrounding uh, Lincoln Riley's exodus from Oklahoma. And I don't think there should be. Um, Listen, folks, USC was offering the man more money, a heck of a lot more money, and uh, a great deal with all the incentives and the bonuses and the, you know, housing stuff and transportation He's getting a great deal out of this, folks. Um, and I'm not so sure if I was him, if I wouldn't have done the exact same thing. Do I want to go to the SEC and be the fourth best team in the SEC? Maybe if I'm lucky. Because let me say this, Georgia doesn't even sniff Alabama or Georgia this year. Georgia and doesn't sniff. 
Georgia? Oh, Oklahoma doesn't oh, even sniff okay. uh, Alabama or Georgia this year. They do not. And I'm not so sure they sniff Ole Miss, uh, maybe even an A&M I in there. I think Ole Miss beats them. Um, uh, you know. I, I think Oklahoma would slide kind of nicely into that fourth spot. Yeah, I mean, so I, I, get, I get the move. He's going to go to the Pac-12, and I think he's going to have a similar arrangement as to what he did in the Big 12 with Oklahoma, which is to say... Listen, you're in the Big 12, but you're the huge fish. You're He won the Big 12 five years in a row. Mm-hmm. 2015, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. Uh, and I think... Every year as a coach there, besides this one. Besides this one. Because of Mike Gundy. Because of Mike Gundy. He's a man, he's 40. <laughs> and I think the point is here, He, I think he did not want to be a... You know, a uh, barely fifth best team, fourth best team in the SEC year in and year out. He wanted to go to a place where he could compete, win a nas- or win a conference championship every year, compete for a co- uh, national championship, and he can do that. He's got a fantastic pool of recruits. He's got an easy conference. Uh, he's got a great tradition at USC. Maybe not as good as Oklahoma. But Oklahoma's a got a top three. Yeah. But a fantastic tradition over there at USC. Clearly, they want to win, and they've got support from the big guys up top, ADs, presidents, boards. Of, you know, And don't forget about the boosters. Boosters, holy cow. With I mean, with how much they're paying him and how much they want him to be there, clearly they care about football and they want to be good at it. So, I mean, I get it. Oklahoma's otherworldly, but it's not. And, and this is the main thing. People say, oh, he owes it to these kids. You mean the kids that transfer after they don't get enough playing time? and uh, commit to Oklahoma and then decommit the very next week because, you know, some other kid from his position. It's like, I'm sorry. He doesn't owe anything to this, to this you know, program or these recruits. He took Oklahoma to, you know, two or three uh, college football playoffs and won them so many Big 12 championships. It's like, folks, I don't know if I'm crazy here, but he doesn't owe that program anything. He was fantastic for that program for the years he was there, but they signed a contract. He's done. You know, he's over with USC. Uh, he had a great run with Oklahoma. Was it quick? Did they expect it? Absolutely not. Is that his problem? No, it's not. Sorry, folks. Sorry, kids. If you got a big problem with it, come come with me to USC. That's what I'd tell him. Sorry. Listen. And, you know, oh, well, he made a promise to those kids. Every coach does that. And does every coach know if they'll be there for the next five years, four years, six years? No, they uh, don't. Pat Fitz w- does. I, Hitch does but- I would say if you're at Oklahoma... They haven't had a coach leave to go to another job mm. since 1947. I'd say it's a pretty fair bet. Yeah. If a coach from Oklahoma tells you that, that you should probably take him at his word. Mm. It just so happened that uh, Lincoln Riley at 38 years old saw a different opportunity. And I was listening, I was watching an, an interview between Joel Klatt and Lincoln Riley. It happened actually today, two hours ago. And uh, one of the questions Joel asked was, uh, hey, uh, you know, with how college football is built, with the early signing period, do you think that kind of uh, plays a role in, in your decision to leave early? And it it got me thinking. It's like, yeah, with early signing period, you have to go out and, and recruit right away. If yep. you if they waited until after the season, USC is behind the eight ball. Oh, absolutely. Because of the early signing period, which you know, if you look at it this way, Lincoln Riley had no choice. If he was going to take this job, he had to do it now. Yeah. Because he can't afford to start recruiting when the season's over in January. Yeah. It, it, you have to do it like now. Like you said, he's just going to get behind the eight ball. You have to do it now. And it's the same thing with uh, Brian, Brian Kelly, Kelly going to LSU. And that one's a little different because it sounds like LSU is like, take it or leave it right now. Yeah. Uh, Brian Kelly's obviously an asshole. So <laughs> he kind of left in a, in a worse fashion than Lincoln Riley did. But... 
if you take away the early signing period and and these coaches are only getting verbal commits, I don't think it's that big of an issue. Like I think that these these ADs, these universities would wait until the season is actually over because uh, what you're really saying is, hey, uh, we can get guys to sign their letter of intent right now. Mm. And if we don't do that, we're missing out on a handful of recruits from Southern California, which is a hotbed for for recruits. And that's yep. that's really what it is. That brings me to my next point. If you just became a college football fan earlier this year, I am completely and utterly sorry because this is the best college football has ever mm. been in terms of drama, suspense. It's like we've had the superpower – the. the this, I'm going to call them the traditional powers. You know, so long it's with the Alabama, Clemson, uh, Ohio State, you know, Florida State, uh, USC for Texas, Oklahoma for so long. This season, we finally get some new names. You know, mm. the the way the college football playoff is shaping up, you've got Georgia, who's been there once, right? Yeah. But Georgia hasn't been good since the 80s in yeah. terms of national power. You have Michigan, who last won who last won the Big Ten in uh, uh, 2003, 2004, I think it was three. Uh, You have Oklahoma State, who Oklahoma State being in the college football playoff, what? Yeah. And then Cincinnati, a group of five team. Mm. This is the best college football has been since at least 2007 in terms of parity, but in terms of just pure enjoyment, watching this season, I mean, don't don't even mention that Ole Miss is is playing the best football they ever have. Wake Forest playing their best football. Pitt going back to where they used to be with uh, Dan Marino back in the 70s, I think. Yeah. 70s, 80s. Uh, this is awesome. This yeah. this college football season rivals that of 2007, and not just because of the wackiness and chaos that ensued, but because we have you, you know some return to prominence from these traditional superpowers or even some new players like Baylor's coming back with Dave Aranda. He's doing a fantastic yeah. job there. I Even Tennessee had a decent year. Yeah. And it's like it's like wait what Tennessee actually had a good football year after Peyton Manning yeah it's yeah crazy. it's awesome and then you get into the fact that the coaching carousel that's happening this off season might be one of the craziest of all time it probably is the craziest of all time you have Brian Kelly leaving Notre Dame to go to OSU you have Lincoln Riley leaving Oklahoma to go to USC these are essentially parallel moves because mm. you don't get better than Oklahoma and Notre Dame if not going backwards exactly you can make an argument from a trend uh, tradition standpoint exactly. Absolutely. So the questions are, you know, they're, they're, they're now moving in your head. It's like, well, who's going to fill those vacancies? It could be a number of people. Um, Manny Diaz, does he stay in Miami with a new, uh, with a new AD? Mm. And if he, if he gets ousted, if he gets booted, we're going to have even more chaos. Well, guess what? Mario Cristobal was a Miami oh. player. Mario Cristobal comes down from Oregon to Miami. Now Oregon's got an opening. Oh. And Oregon traditionally hasn't been this thing, but... For us, in Oregon, the last 15 years, Oregon has yes. been one of the powers, mm. especially in the Pac-12. I think three national championship appearances in the last 20 they years. They don't have any wins, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so it, it's crazy. It's crazy to think it's like, and who knows if Jimbo stays at Texas. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it is it is fun. It is fun to be a college football fan right now. There's a lot that could happen. You could have uh, uh, Matt Campbell leave uh, Iowa State. You could have Luke Fickle leave Cincinnati. I mean, it's 
it is fun to be a college football fan right now. And I'll say this, the college football playoff, there's as much steam as there's ever been to expand, even though this year's probably the best argument for the college football playoff, if you think about it. I mean, the argument has always been not enough new teams getting in. We'll have three teams, brand new teams who have never made the college football playoff in, and none of which have actually won a national championship under the college football playoff system if everything goes out the right way. And if Alabama if the committee just doesn't playoff. Uh, if if Alabama gets in, I am my next takeaway. Alabama has a zero argument to get into the college football playoff as a two loss team. If everything holds the way we think it will, Oklahoma State wins, Cincinnati wins, uh, Michigan wins, Georgia loses, but whatever. Uh, no. Georgia. Lo- all right. If Alabama or no, no. If Georgia wins, that's yeah. Right. I was like, so wait, if Georgia wait, wins, you just said Alabama Michigan two loss. Yeah. Then. <laughs> Georgia wins, Michigan wins, Cincinnati wins, Oklahoma State wins. Alabama has zero argument to get in the college football playoff. Let me explain this. Okay. So I think we can all assume at least three of these teams. All right. Uh, take your top three. I would say Georgia, Michigan, Cincinnati. I think they're all in. And then it comes down to well, Michigan has to win. If they if they if they all win, then they're all in. Okay, then it comes down to a pack of four or five teams. You know, for that last spot for that last spot: Oklahoma State, Alabama, Ohio State, Notre Dame, and obviously Baylor will have lost, so they're done. Uh, just most deserving. Oklahoma has a better resume. They absolutely Oklahoma do. State. Or Oklahoma State has. Sorry, Oklahoma State has a better resume. They absolutely do. Well, and they uh, only have one loss from a resume perspective. Only one loss. They would get in over Alabama. I don't care if it's a one-point loss. Georgia beats Alabama 28-27, let's say. Oklahoma State has a better resume. They would get in. Right now, they have a better resume. I put them four over Alabama in my top five. Um, I mean, let me even go to far as far to say that if Alabama loses and Baylor wins, Baylor should get in mm, over Alabama. Absolutely. Uh, you, you know, you can easily make that argument. From an eye test perspective... I still wouldn't put in Alabama. I would put in Ohio State over Alabama because I think Ohio State's a better team than Alabama. Absolutely. I think even from a would Vegas Vegas favor, I think Vegas would favor Ohio State. I really do. Uh, with how Vegas loves Ohio State, I really think that they would favor Ohio State. So any way you want to look at this, there's no real way for Alabama to get into the college football playoff if they lose to Georgia. There's people out there saying and have been saying ever since the college football playoff committee put Alabama at three uh, or at two uh, week one of the college football playoff that if they lose to Georgia, they can still get in. That's done. That's over. I, I, re- I agree with you here. You need to be uh, dominant in an unprecedented way to get into the college football playoff as a two-loss team, and Alabama absolutely has not been. They struggle against Auburn, struggle against Texas A&M, struggle against, you know... Arkansas. Arkansas. Uh, just Florida. Florida. All these teams, and you get to a point where you stop and think, what? Why? Why would we even... I mean, they've looked terrible, and, you know, we're not even supposed to consider that, so just from a resume perspective, they don't even have their, as good a resume. Their win is Ole Miss. And, and that's outside of it. That, what else? nothing. Arkansas, who's a fringe top 25 team. Meanwhile, Oklahoma State has, you know, two top 15 wins now. If they beat Baylor, that's like, three. If they beat Baylor again, they mm. have three top top 15 wins. Come and on. their losses are pretty comparable. So don't give this to me about, oh, well, they looked good against Georgia. Logically, that doesn't even make any sense. We just saw Georgia beat Alabama, so we're going to say, yeah, get in there, Bama. Play them again. Why would we do that? We just saw that happen. Makes no sense to me. Uh, why wouldn't you give another team another shot? Yeah, I real, would, no. Real, actually, that's your best. The best argument you made is that there's no way Alabama gets two or three, so they're playing Georgia the very next 
game they play. Why would why would they do that? That makes no sense to me. Uh, you know, I'm sure you know Bama fans out there will be like, oh well, we're better than this team, we're better than that team. That's just cause, listen because they're entitled douchebags. If you want to do that, guess what? I don't I don't think you're better in Ohio State, and right now I don't think you're better in Notre Dame. I <laughs> I said it. <laughs> that is that is a hot take. I okay maybe it is. If you look at Auburn, Alabama's last five or six weeks, they those, haven't been good. They've they been terrible. Been good. That LSU game. I mean, obviously, if they will uh, have a close loss to Georgia, maybe you can make the argument that okay, they can step up in big games. But as far as I'm concerned, if they play like they've been playing in the month of November, they have zero chance to be any of the other contenders for the last four spot, let alone Ohio State. I, I don't think they'd beat Notre Dame. I don't no. think they'd beat Oklahoma State. I sorry, and it, I feel good. Being a Michigan fan, I know Michigan gets in with a win. They do. Absolutely. There's no way you can tell them they can't or they don't. I feel bad for Cincinnati. I don't care Cincinnati. if it's ugly. I don't care what I feel what bad for Cincinnati because I think Cincinnati is the team on the outside looking in. It, that if could Oklahoma State be wins. possible. If Oklahoma State wins, you know the committee. You know what they do mm. to these group of five teams. Uh, they would. They absolutely would put a two-loss yep. Alabama team in over Cincinnati. Yep. They would because they're assholes. Exactly. That's <laughs> just what and it again, is. And again, like I said... Do I think the committee could put Alabama in? Absolutely. Do they are they justified in doing no. it? Absolutely no. not. And in no way, shape, or form. So, so the real or the real thing would be is: Do they want to squash the twelve team expansion, or do they want to you know prolong it? Because if they put Alabama in, this is going to be this is why we need twelve teams mm-hmm. because you guys are going to continue to do this. Yeah. If they put Cincinnati, if so, say it happens like chalk the way we think it will. Yep. Cincinnati gets in, Oklahoma State gets in, Michigan gets in, Georgia's in. Then it's like, well, hey, why do we need 12? Four, we have three new teams that have never been in. Mm. It's possible. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. There's a path. But uh, it's, but it you know depends the on what the committee wants to do. We'll uh, see. Uh, and tonight I'll be telling, if they put Michigan 2, I'll have a lot more, I'll have a lot more faith. They, there's the no way they don't put Michigan 2. I, I, I really hope they don't. Because if they go Alabama 2 over Michigan, oh, my God. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. And if they do that, there really is just no credibility at all. Mm-hmm. Because Michigan went in. Uh, this week and beat their number two team by fifteen convincingly. points. Convincingly, it wasn't it wasn't in doubt. Ohio State lied for f- three minutes. That game, yeah. I think, is what it was. Absolutely. Alabama had to go to four overtimes, and that's my next take. Well, I'll get into that. Four overtimes to beat an Auburn team without their starting quarterback and their backup quarterback, who is already bad. Mm, who is already bad? Terrible, on like a broken ankle or something. Yeah. Come on. Come on. And that's that's going to bring me to my next point. You screw you, Alabama. Yeah. The fact that you win those kind of games is just, it pisses me off. And we wouldn't be sitting here talking about it had Tank's, Tank Bigsby not been tackled yeah. out of bounds. <clears throat> if he just was able to stay in bounds on that play. And it's difficult. We're not, I, I know it is. God bless I know the it kid. Is. Yeah. It's not the kid's fault. We're not talking about this. It's just we, unlucky. It is. It is. And of course it goes Alabama's way. Mm-hmm. Come on. The the one thing that I remember not going Alabama's way in in my in my memory of college football was the kick six. Yeah, that's about it. It was like it's like what the hell? Yeah. They get every single bounce. It's so unbelievable. Overtime against Georgia, second yeah. thirty, whatever. I I hate it. It's so yeah. dumb. But I don't think Alabama would have won in overtime if it wasn't the stupid. Oh, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna yeah. do. We're gonna do one regular overtime. Then we're gonna do what we would be our third overtime in a regular year. And then we're gonna do two point conversions. That's yeah. not football. 
No. Hey, what are we it, doing? It doesn't make any sense. It's like soccer going to PKs. I don't get it. I really don't get it. We just played a whole game of trying to move the ball 100 yards. Yeah. And you're going to tell me, oh, all I need to get is three, two and a half yards yeah. to, to win this game? Yeah, I don't get it at all. And of course, Alabama is better built to get two yards than Auburn is. Yeah. Auburn's quarterback is literally exactly. speed walking because he can't run. Yeah, yeah. It's unbelievable. And and if you're Auburn, I think in that first overtime, you have to go for two. Yes. All right. I, they, I'll never understand this. Okay, they go for two, they get it, and like, like I get not going for two if you don't really have a great play. The play they run when they the first two point conversion that they yep. had to run was fantastic. I, I, why don't you just do that? Why didn't they do that in first overtime? You are they get not that, they good enough to compete with Alabama for a prolonged amount of time. Yes, you were. You're the huge underdog. You're you six should, and five. You should have won that game in regulation. We're not gonna. We're, we're done with that. In overtime, you are not gonna be able to keep mm. com, c- keep up with Alabama. What do you, you have lose, to end the, the game right there? What and you, I said that. I said I was sitting. You're I was, six and five. I was sitting there with my with my family. I was at my grandparents for a, a, a Christmas dinner um, before they went down to Florida. That's why Thanksgiving so dinner or Christmas Christmas dinner because they go down to Florida uh, this week. Gotcha. So. Um, yeah, I was like, you have to go for two here, and everybody I else said is that like, too. everybody else is I like, why? Just kick the field goal. Yeah, just, just kick the extra point. You're huge. You're, it's like you are. You are twenty point, point dogs. dogs. You're twenty point dogs. Your quarterback's on a broken mm. ankle. You're gonna have to do two point conversions anyway. Try and luck anyway. one out. You know and what I mean? See whatever play you're gonna run in that two point because you have to do it if you because in the second overtime if you score you have to run a two point conversion anyway. Yeah. Why not just run it there? Because Alabama has the disadvantage of kicking the extra point. Mm. You have the win if you get it. Yep. I, I, I that it, it'll baffle me until the end of time. And, it, and they like had you said, such a great and play, and they had such a great play on the back burner. It was a little misdirection. It looked like a sprint out right, and then he just turns around, screen pass left, screen pass left, wide open. Alabama's not even cl- they have one guy there, and he gets blocked. Easy touchdown or easy two point conversion over. And I'll never ever understand why they don't run that in the first overtime. Try and win it right there instead of keep going and you know try your luck and more. It's like why not? All right, you. Before the game, what did they have? A 10% chance of winning that game? You, If you get that two-point conversion, you have a 50-50 shot to beat Alabama right there. Why wouldn't you take that? Alabama is huge favorites. Why wouldn't you take that? I it's don't know. It's devastating. It's a poor coaching decision. It's not good for the Auburn era. They're used to beating Alabama a little bit as of lately. Uh, completely choked that game. It was a choke job. But... Uh, you know what? It is what it is. Alabama doesn't deserve to get in the college football playoff. It could have been all over. We wouldn't have to talk about this, but we do, and uh, we got to get all mad about how Auburn blew it's that so game. Dumb. But it is what it is. My last it's... takeaway: uh, Nebraska is not a good football team. Uh, there was talk uh, they were when they were three and six, or not even two and six, whatever. When they were, you know, kind of middle of the year, it was like okay, but they're keeping close with a lot of good teams. Oh, this is a for real team. It's like. They're a fine football team. I would even say they're an okay football team. They're a good football team. But I would not say they're an above-average football team. They're a good they're football not. team. They, they are, are the best three-win team, college of football all team time. of all time. F- fine, fine. And they are. They probably are. But there's something to be said about not being able to close up big games. And we, I watched that <laughs> Iowa game... Iowa was doing shit on. They were just running the ball up the middle in the fourth quarter. That's how they came back <laughs> down twenty-one to six. Nebraska could not stop them. They're not a talented. Okay, fo- they're here not we good go. enough. Yeah, but Adrian Martinez got hurt that game. I'm pretty sure, or he or, didn't even he, play. He, yeah, he, he got didn't hurt even play before the game. Uh, so Nebraska's doing that with their backup yeah. quarterback. Yep. Had Adrian Martinez play that game, I don't think. I think Nebraska wins. Probably. I think Nebraska, probably. 
the thing about I get what you're saying. There has to be but something about closing out. Games. At, you, they they literally they played. They had one game, one mm. game that was not that finished as as two scores, and it was Ohio State at nine, yeah. nine points. Yes, they're a good football team. They're just not talented enough to get the job done in the fourth quarter. My problem uh, is this. that's the issue. My problem is this, and this is the main point of this takeaway. I don't think I think they are a fine foot. I would say okay. But at the end of the day, you are what your record says you are. You can't be you can't be a great team and be three and nine. It's just it's brutal. You can't. I don't think you can be a good team and be three and nine. And I'll tell you exactly why. If you go from that point where they have that lead, twenty one six, third quarter, they clearly were moving the ball. They can move mm-hmm. the ball fine all game. Yeah. There gets to a point where you can't close out games, and I think it's a little bit of dysfunction. And I mean, because you know, I I we've I've seen that before as you know a Purdue football yeah. fan. Well, I was just going to bring up Purdue. Purdue's eight and four. But I think Purdue is way better than their record shows. Yeah, I would agree. I and I think Nebraska is way better than their record shows. But there is a reason they have three. And like I get it, they've had an absolutely brutal their schedule. Schedule and, uh, has been, and they have. Come oh on. my goodness! But you've also had losses to Illinois. Purdue went home. I mean, the Illinois game was was week one. Yeah, yeah. That that's one, true, that one, zero, I'll, even. Yeah, actually, you're right. It was week zero. That one, I'll be like, okay, we'll excuse that one. You know, you lose at home to Purdue. That uh, one, Purdue is a better team. They just are. Purdue is a better team. I'll give you that. But, you know, Nebraska was in control that whole game. They were in control the whole entire game against Iowa. How many times in a row yeah. are you going to yeah. do this? It's inexcusable losing these, you know. And it's not even how big the leads are. It's how late they have these leads. I mean, they're they're up 21-6 against an Iowa team that struggled to move the ball all year. Yeah. And they put up 22 points in the last 20 minutes of the one game. One of them was a blocked field goal. And a safety. Well, exactly. they had a blocked or not a blocked punt and a safety. Exactly. Two field goals. Uh, that's inexcusable. You can't you can't let that happen. You have to score something there. And Scott Frost, like I get it. This is a really gritty team and a team who's playing their asses off. I don't deny that at all. But you got to win some games. I mean, three yeah, nine. I'd be I get pissed. It. I get it. Uh, you played Oklahoma, Michigan, oh, yeah. Michigan State, Ohio State, Wisconsin, Iowa, uh, Minnesota. Purdue. You had a gauntlet. Yeah, Purdue. I I, I didn't want to mention Purdue because we already talked about them, but you had a gauntlet. I mean, you played, I think at the end of the day, they played eight, no. Seven. Seven least. or eight teams with, yeah. at, with at least uh, eight seven, wins. eight wins. Eight wins. Yeah. Eight wins, yeah. Because Minnesota has eight wins. Uh, Wisconsin has eight it's wins. Un- Iowa has ten wins. It's unbelievable what kind it of is. schedule they had to play. It is. I, I'm going to look it up. I'm going to see what Nebraska streak. Nebraska fans have ever right to be pissed. Uh, I'm good. Agreed. Are you good? Hold on. I'm going to look up Nebraska's strength of schedule. English is not my first language. Um, according to ESPN's FBI, Nebraska... Wait, when is this? Was this before the season? This was entering... I think entering the season. Yeah. It was, but they had eighth entering the season. Unbelievable. I think they oh, played. Wait, sh- no, they had the second. Wow. According to Bill Connolly's SP plus strength of schedule rankings. They that had, is. They did. They had eight games playing eight win or more teams. I mean, that's just, that's unbelievable. Go. Here we go. Here's the team rankings. Uh, oh, com. we got to mention this. Their score differential. Oh, my God. Big 10 play. <laughs> they finished one and eight. One and eight in Big Ten play, their score differential is zero. That's yeah. I, that has to be a record. They won against Northwestern by forty nine. Their other eight losses 
were decided by a combined 49 points, making their score differential zero. <laughs> that is not a joke. I their, don't believe their, it, but that's Their true. score differential on the year was plus 63. Oh, and, and they, they finished they three and nine. Three games. Unbelievable. You'll never see that ever again. <laughs> so, Every single loss was by single digits. That's, Ohio now State. Now that is an FBS record. <laughs> What's crazy? This is crazy. Ohio State, 10 and 2 is number one, according to um, teamrankings.com. Alabama, number two, 11 and 1. Auburn, uh, number three, six and six. Michigan, number four, 11 and one. Georgia, number five, 12 and 0. Nebraska, six, three and nine. <laughs> Wisconsin is seven, eight and four. Penn State is eight, seven and five. Then you have Arkansas and Purdue at eight and four, uh, nine and 10. You have Mississippi State at 10 and two. There is not a team that has a law lo- or that has an, a, 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 a below, a below five, 500 yeah. winning record till 21 That's at Texas. And why that is, is because. Typically, you know, if you're, I don't know, it's complicated, but uh, Nebraska's strength of schedule was brutal. They got absolutely owed this year, but three wins is unacceptable. You get, yeah, you get I get it, that. but where did you want to know when? I guess, uh, okay, Illinois. Illinois, I get. Uh, I would say. What they, other game? I would say home against Iowa. They got to win that game. And probably home against Purdue. Uh, if you if you consider the circumstances, just the circumstances, I would be frustrated with the inability to close Listen, out I would be frustrated too, but it's like the Illinois game is the only one I'm like, you should have won that game. All the That's other fair. ones, they I don't think they were the better team. No, I, <laughs> I don't either, but geez Louise. They, you, but they were in the games. You, you yeah. hope they at least get one or two to go I think part way. of it has to be, part of coaching and being a coach has to be getting your team to... In one score games, teams. Nebraska didn't win a single one. Yeah, that's extremely frustrating. It, it is extremely frustrating, but gives you hope for next year. It does. They should have hope right? for next year. Yep. Right? Uh, okay. NFL next after that nice 41-minute segment on college football. Yeah, sorry. No, sorry. I'm not sorry. We're not sorry. College football is awesome.